Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one electrifying page of Talmud a day. And today's page, Chagiga 13, is so incredible. It is so over the top, especially for a nerd like myself. Usually I, I introduce a little bit of the duff and then the guest. Today we're doing it the other way around because my guest, he's he's a legend. I, I have to be completely honest. He's one of my absolute all-time favorite people. He is a legendary editor for DC Comics. If you like the Birds of Prey, you could thank Jordan Gorfunkel. Hello, my friend. Boker Tov Leo, how are you? Boker Tov, I should also say that this Pesach, like every Pesach, my children, and let's be honest, myself too, will be enjoying the Passover Haggadah graphic novel that you masterfully put out there, which is just an incredible delight. But that's not what we're talking about. Jordan, I want you to listen with our listeners and myself, because my jaw still drops when I read this, because in today's page, the Talmud mentions electricity. Have a listen. The sages taught, an incident occurred involving a youth who was reading the book of Ezekiel in the house of his teacher, and he was able to comprehend the electrum. This is in the Talmud. And fire came out of the electrum and burned him. And they sought to suppress the book of Ezekiel due to the danger it posed. Hanana ben Chizkiah said to them, if this youth happened to be wise, are all people wise enough to understand this book? The Gemara asks, what is the electrum? Rav Yehuda said, it refers to speaking animals of fire. Electrum, chashmal, which is still the modern Hebrew word for it, is an acrostic of this phrase, chayot esh memalelot, speaking animals of fire. It was taught in a baraita. At times they are silent, at times they speak. When the divine speech emerges from the mouth of the Holy One, blessed be he, they are silent. And when the divine speech does not emerge from the mouth of the Holy One, blessed be he, they speak. The verse states, and the divine creatures ran and returned like the appearance of a flash of a lightning. O M God, this is some sci-fi stuff. Jordan Gorfinkel, can you can you make sense of this? I would love to, and it's a particular honor to be back on Take One, which has impacted my Jewish learning in ways that are so profound. I think in order to unpack, as we say, this concept of the Hashmal, we need to take one small step back and look at the Mishnah that this is based on from a couple of pages ago. So our sugya is about when in life is it appropriate to teach a person something? So this science fiction way out concept is actually based on a most profound, basic, fundamental subject, which is education. And particularly, how do we address challenging topics in Tanakh, in the Bible? And it's not enough to just say that they're challenging. These are actually the metaphysical secrets of how the world works. This is a core source of the Zohar and the Kabbalah that we're dealing over here. Mystical secrets of the universe that in lesser hands could lead people astray. So what is the litmus test? How do you know when people are ready to handle it? How do you know if, as Chazal might have put it in a modern parlance, that the person can handle the truth? <laughs> <laughs> and the Gemara goes on to interpret the Mishnah. Well, maybe a person shouldn't learn the source of this, which is the first parak, the first chapter of Yechezkel of Ezekiel, alone. 
And they suggest a number of ways that you might be able to learn this successfully. One is if you are learning it with a chavruta, a learning partner, or perhaps this should be sectioned off at only chachamim, wise people of a certain level should be able to learn it. And then Hananya ben Chizkiah suggests if a child could understand this, is everyone therefore wise enough to be able to tackle this? And that gets us to our story about a 13-year-old child who was learning about the Maaseh Merkava, this highly mystical concept. And the Hashmal appeared and incinerated this child. This seems like a fairly harif or bitter way to handle the situation. But I think that there are two ways to look at it. And one, of course, Liel, is the way that you and I would look at it as nerds par excellence, which is the science fiction aspect of it, the mystical aspect, the fantasy aspect of it. And there are examples of this that are prevalent in our own literary canon. So, for example, if you look at the mythical incarnation, we have Icarus, who tried to reach the sun and melted. In other words, he tried to reach for God-like knowledge that should not have been accessible to him, and therefore he was incinerated. That's one interpretation of the Hashmal. Another interpretation, shall we say, is the mutant incarnation. Those of us who are X-Men fans know about the Phoenix and the Dark Phoenix character. Liel, you up on your Phoenix and Dark Phoenix? Oh, oh I know from the Phoenix and Dark Phoenix. They're, they're terrifying characters, but please share with our audience. The Phoenix was a godlike creature that roamed the universe and inhabited human beings. And it had happened to inhabit Jean Grey, who's one of the X-Men, a Marvel superhero team. And the celestial power was too much to be contained in a human form, and it turned Phoenix dark, hence Dark Phoenix, and eventually incinerated her. She couldn't handle the truth. And then there is the Marvel Cinematic Universe incarnation, which is the Infinity Gauntlet. We all are familiar with this text, this source text. Thanos, of course, collected all of the Infinity Stones, and he had the capacity to be able to physically handle the power, but it led him to go to extremes. It led him to go down a path that Hazal feared, that it would lead him away from faith in humanity or whatever you call. We need a word for like aliens, humanity, like alienity. Events described, of course, in Tractate Avengers. Precisely. You are a Bucky. And as a result, he wiped out half of humanity with famous snap. That's not the way that celestial power should be handled. And you can look also a little bit earlier uh, in a, on a more human basis in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where we have Civil War, where half of the Marvel superheroes, the Avengers, were in favor of curbing their power, of having oversight over their power, because they felt that no one should have godlike power or knowledge and be left alone to their own devices. And then there was the other faction that said, no, we can handle the truth. So which way is it? And what does all of this mean? Should we be censoring ourselves? And in fact, the Gemara uses the word knows, where you place books that you want off the shelf. Should we take Yechezkel, Ezekiel, and even though it's part of the canon, 
put it on the side somewhere where it's safe, where it's tucked away, where the, the Jedi books can't be read anymore because they're too dangerous to have around? Or is it that we should embrace knowledge because ultimately that's what God would want from us? Which way is it? So, Riel, I think that the answer is that this is really, as, as mind-blowing a concept as this is, this is really a metaphor for education. I want to tell you a quick story about something that I experienced this past weekend. As a Jewish cartoonist, I lead the Jewish cartoon workshop, and we get participants to draw cartoons about Jewish themes, and then we collect all of the cartoons into a comic book so that everybody can learn from the collection of cartoons, learn Jewish topics and themes through the cartoons, and of course be entertained. That's first and foremost what cartoons should be for. And I had the opportunity to be at a school where we literally took the entire student population and did the entire Migilat Esther, the book of Esther, in comics. Each student took a passage, 170 or so students, 170 or so passages, and in the end, we had an entire Megillah done in graphic novel form. Why am I telling you this? Aside from the obvious plug, please hire me to bring the Jewish cartoon workshop to your local neighborhood. <laughs> the reason why I'm telling you the story is because when you are a teacher and you are in a very intimate learning relationship with students, you begin to realize that students divide up into two groups, those who learn by rote and those who learn through visual learning. Let's call it that. Wherever you are, you need a teacher who is going to understand, have the insights into how to get you to the place where you can handle the truth. And there were some students I noticed who really blossomed through a creative project like the Jewish Cartoon Workshop in a way that their teachers said they normally don't blossom with regular rote learning. And that's because that's the way that they approach education. And the Hashmal would have burned them up had they been forced to learn by the rote learning. So this was an opportunity for them to transform the Hashmal from something that incinerates into something that nurtures. And I think that's what the Gemara is getting at here. We need to find a way in our educational system for kids to connect where they are developmentally and be like the boy in the Gemara who, instead of him approaching a topic in a way that incinerated him, instead, it would keep him on the derech. It would push him in the right direction educationally and in life in general. And I want to wrap up by reflecting on something that you taught in Moed Katan 27. You talked so beautifully and emotionally about your professor, Todd Gitlin your mentor who transformed your PhD experience from being a chashmal that would have incinerated your intellectual growth because you felt like you had to learn in a way that was expected of you into a chashmal that nurtured your growth to being the podcast hacham you are today who is passionate about learning in the way that you approach it. My friend, you honor me and us all with your wisdom and grace. Jordan Gorfinkel, thank you so much for being our guest. Bismcha. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Studios. If you enjoy this show, and I hope you do, please 
go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafyomi. I'm your host, Leah Leibowitz, and our producers are Daron Skay, Josh Cross, Robert Scarmuccia, Sarah Fredman Ader, and Quinn Waller. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You can find us on Twitter at takeonedafyomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon. Music